when I found out I was going to be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, visit betterhelp.com slash stuff today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stuff. Hey, everybody. I want to talk to you for a second here about Canva, specifically Canva presentations that are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation. So start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Just go to canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. Make your business official with Google and Squarespace. When you create a custom domain and a beautiful business website with Squarespace, you'll receive a free year of business email and professional tools from Google. It's the simplest way to look professional online. Visit squarespace.com slash Google to start your free trial and use our offer code WORKS, W-O-R-K-S, for 10% off your first purchase. Google and Squarespace. Make it professional. Make it beautiful. Hey, everybody in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. We're also looking at you, Oakland. We are coming out to Sketchfest this year, again, for the second year in a row, and we are doing a rare Sunday afternoon jam. So that is Sunday, January 15th at 1 p.m. You can come see us live, and tickets are going to go fast, so go to sfsketchfest.com and just click on the little ticket links or look at the lineup and follow us there. And uh, we can't wait to see everyone. It's one of our favorite cities to perform in. And uh, go to sfsketchfest.com, Oakland, San Francisco. We will see you soon. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. (laughs) And Jerry's over here. And we're just... Relaxing here in Studio One A. So this is stuff you should know. Oh, I thought it was Astro Chat. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we would call Astro Chat's a great name. Or horoscope, or podcast. Should I say horror scope? No, you shouldn't say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> would you ever want to do a, a horoscope or astrology podcast? Oh, you mean on its own? Yeah. No, I oh. would not. <laughs> See, well, we were talking about this briefly. Until I didn't do it this time, but normally whenever this is a secret, Chuck, that I'm about to share with everybody. Oh, the pre pre taping secret. Yeah, if we start to talk and get too involved in the topic before we start recording, usually one of us will be like, "Stop, stop! This is golden. Just save it for the podcast." Sure. We didn't do that this time. I think we just kind of naturally just continue conversations. Sort of petered out, (laughs) right? But um, you were saying. That you are, and I don't know if you're ready to admit this or not this early in the episode, <laughs> you're a little incredulous about horoscopes and ast- astrology. Yes. Okay. Um, I am as well, but the, I think the difference between us is you're just kind of like, come on. And as I was researching it more and more, I was like, this is really interesting. I could sit here and read about this like all day. And now that it's been brought up, I'm like, I could probably do a skeptical, but not with the aim to like destroy it, but right. just from a skeptic standpoint, a podcast on astrology. I think that that would fascinate me personally. And I like, I hope you get that chance people. one day. 
Maybe so. Uh, Dare to dream. Yeah, I think we we got on that because I was having a hard time wrapping my head around a couple of, uh, I'm not going to say scientific parts, but a couple of the sciencey sciencey parts of this, <laughs> and I kept going back to like, oh, who cares? It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> so it was hard for me to commit to the learning of it. And and we typically have a thing where it's like, you know, poo poo people's beliefs. Yeah. We're not really doing that here, but there have been a couple of occasions where we're just kind of like, this is, there's just no way. And one of them was crop circles. Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't plan on poo-pooing this throughout, but I think it's good for us to state our beliefs from the get-go. All right. So that we don't mislead anybody who's, who does believe in it. Well, here's, I, I did, I had my astrological chart done once. Um, you did? Yeah, I didn't like seek it out and pay for it. My friend's mom is really into this and she asked me one time, she's like, do you want me to do your chart? And I went, sure. So she did my chart mm-hmm. and I remember looking at it and thinking like, wow, a lot of this, you know, kind of like when you look at your sun sign and we'll go ahead and say that's what most like. Like when somebody says, what sign are you? Yeah. Okay. Or if you read your daily horoscope, yeah. it's, it's based on your sun sign. Right. Um, I would look at things like that or like my, whatever my year is on the Chinese zodiac and think like, Oh wow, I am some of these things. Right. But then I'm like not about half of those things. Sure. So, uh, I just think it's interesting. And it, I think it's interesting as well. But yeah. again, from a standpoint of where I don't actually believe it's effective or real, but just the thought put into it and, Ed wrote this article, The Grabster. Yeah. And he makes a really good point. He's saying, like, even if you don't believe it or not, getting your, your chart done is interesting in and of itself. I think so, sure. And at the very least, it's going to force you to be a little more introspective about yourself than, than you normally would be because you're being presented with basically, like, here's your personality according yeah. to the cosmos. And it's, you can't help but think, well, like, am I introspective? Am I, uh, do I? Set things on fire. I think anything um, that can spur self-reflection is valuable in some ways. Yes. I think that's where it interests. Like I would go to a palm reader just to know what that's like. Right. But I wouldn't leave thinking like, oh boy. Right. My life is set out before me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know Nancy Reagan. Oh, uh, well, we'll get to that. So. But spoiler, I am not Nancy Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we should probably say for those of you who are confused, they're like, how are they poo-pooing this? Like, this is the science of, of Neil deGrasse Tyson and Carl Sagan. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Um, we're talking about astrology, not astronomy. Right. Um, so astrology is basically the idea, um, that distant objects out in the cosmos, planets, stars, constellations specifically, have an influence on our lives and events on the planet. Right. And it's very old. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw as far back as 5,000 years ago, people were starting to develop astrological systems. Um, I saw more frequently 3,000 years ago with the Babylonians that Western astrology kind of started to develop. Yeah. Should we talk about history a little bit? Yeah. I think I finally figured out my beef with it. What? Should I hold on to that or should we talk about history first? I, that's up to you, man. How do you want it to play out? I Just think, don't forget if you hang on to it. Uh, all right, I'm gonna write beef at the top of my page. It's gonna you're gonna it's accidentally gonna command yourself to <laughs> to shoot a duck later on. Okay, so it's like memento. I'll come back to that. 
so history. Um, we need to go back in the way back machine. Oh. Way, way back. Yeah. To ancient times. To Babylon. Yeah, when basically people... We and we are going back to Babylon. <laughs> basically when people were like looking around at everything and going, I don't get it. Um, yeah. Why is all this stuff happening? Why did the earth just open up and swallow yeah. Ishmael? Why is it raining? Why is it not raining? Yeah. Why are the crops doing well? Why are they doing terribly? Yeah. Why Why is that sun uh, up half the day and down half the day? Yeah. Uh, so as humans started to get a little more, I don't know about intelligent, but... Um, ans- inquisitive? Inquisitive. I was about to say answer seeky, but inquisitive <laughs> is the word for that. As they started to get a little more answer seeky, they started to make things up um, that made them feel better about what was going on. Right. I mean, they, they did apply a certain measure of science to it, which is where a lot of people who believe in astrology get the idea that it's scientific at some in some way, shape, or form, because it does involve the movement, studying and tracking the movement of the planets yeah. and the constellations, the cosmos, right? Yeah, and Ed makes a good point. Back then, astronomy and astrology were the same thing. Right, right, because you took those observations, astronomy, uh-huh. and then you, uh, you used them to predict or explain the stuff that was going on here on Earth. Right, which, which we is, now call astrology. Right. Yeah. Back but yeah. Then, I don't even know what they called it back then. They called it reality. <laughs> Probably so. But it wasn't just the Babylonians who were doing this. Like, all over the planet, basically every culture that's ever lived had some sort of astrological system. Yeah, the uh, Aztec and Incas and the Mayans in South America, they had a zodiac of 20 uh, symbols, uh, including things like earthquake and ape and uh, rain. And um, when they died out, they took it with them. Like, that doesn't have any, it didn't seep into modern forms of astrology like the Babylonians, for instance. No Spanish Jesuit was saying, so can you explain your astrological system to (laughs) an Inca emperor that was being tortured to death? (laughs) Uh, What else? The Chinese, of course, they had their own um, by 1000 B.C., and they had 24 divisions in a year. Yeah, they had like the most complex one probably of all time. Not surprising. No. Um, I don't know why that's not surprising. They're complex people, maybe. Well, when I think of the Zodiac, I think of the Western Zodiac yeah. and then Chinese Zodiac. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And the, the only thing I knew about Chinese Zodiac coming in was uh, what year animal I was. What are you? From the menu at the Chinese restaurant. That's where I learned it, too. Yeah, I, I'm the dog. Oh, I'm a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. <laughs> Jerry? Are you a cat? Oh, she just meowed. That, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it was. I mean, her first instinct is just to meow. There is a year of the cat. <laughs> uh-huh. That Al Stewart song. Are you the year of the fish, Jerry? Uh, All right. What did you do? Like, Jerry said that she was the ox, the year of the ox. But when so she meowed. But when she's called upon <laughs> to do an animal sound, she meows. I think it's cute. What if oxes, oxen meowed? Maybe an ox that was raised by cats sure. and it imprinted <laughs> might learn to meow. I think that's what Jerry was saying. This one's getting silly. There, the, the horoscope one's getting silly? It is. Is there gas leaking in uh, <laughs> one of our vents that I don't know about? Um, all right. So back to China. Um, 24 divisions, 28-part lunar zodiac. 
and then the 12 branches that correspond to the animal. And then those animals have further subdivisions, uh, like you could be a fire dog or a water dragon. Right. Which we'll get to that stuff in a minute, too. <clears throat> yeah, and I didn't know that you could be like a, an elemental animal. I thought it was just straight-up animal. I did not know that either. But yeah, like that's one thing about astrology. No matter what system you're looking at, there's like, oh, there's this one layer, and then let's add this other layer, and another layer, and another layer. Right. That's what fascinates me. It's just yeah. the, the thought that's gone into it. Sure. What about Babylon, though? Uh, what do you mean? Well, I mean... Oh, oh, that's like the origin of the Western. Yeah. And here is where it becomes painfully obvious that astrology can't possibly be correct or real. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're about to say. So... Our idea of the constellations here in the West came from the ancient Babylonian people and astronomers and astrologers who looked up and they said, oh, Mars is red, so blood can be red. Yeah. So Mars is probably associated with war. Right. They just kind of just made that up. They made it up. And that is fundamentally the basis of astrology. Yeah. Stuff that was made up by the Babylonians can't possibly be true. It's just basically yeah. a fact. Uh, the other big thing is the Babylonians divided the Zodiac into 12 equal parts. But um, according to their own stories, there were 13 constellations in the Zodiac. So they just picked one and left it out. Yes. Which, which was Ophiuchus. <laughs> I like how you said that. Ophiuchus? I don't know, man. I've never... Tried to say that out loud. O p h i u c h u s. It's like the hidden zodiac symbol. Well, not hidden. They just kind of said twelve kind of works out better, right? So let's just leave it out. Yeah, and the, if the Babylonians prove anything, it's that for thousands of years humans have always preferred things to be nice and tidy and neat. Yeah, they don't like it to be messy because if you really look at what they were trying to do, it's super messy. So, for example, if you are Dividing the night sky into 12, trying to assign a month to each uh, horoscope, mm-hmm. you've got constellations slopping over into other um, zodiac signs. Sure. Um, the the actual movement of the constellations behind the sun uh, is w- way less than a 30-day standard. Yeah. I think Scorpio is actually in line with the sun for about seven days out of the year. Yeah. Whereas... Um, one uh, one of the other ones is around for like forty five days, I believe. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we even said what that means, though. Maybe yeah, we should yeah, explain we're, that. We we should we should start from the beginning, shall we? Yeah, we got the history down. Yeah. Do you want to take a break first? Uh, yeah. Why not? I'll go check my horoscope and see if it says we should continue. Okay. game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. 
Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, lucky for us, the horoscope said, finish show. It said, uh, ask again later. Yeah, it said, finish show. The magic But uh, take it easy on me. Yeah, hey, lay off, <laughs> jerks. I had even resolved to not poo-poo astrology. Yeah. I think the first thing I did was, was launch into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry, astrology. So we should get to the basics of all this. And um, we will... This, there's two things that we have to point out. One, we would have to spend years researching astrology to really get everything right. Yes. Two, even if we spent years researching astrology, we would still get stuff wrong depending on who you are because there's a lot of contradictory things. Yeah. Like, for example, I saw that the moon is a fire sign. I also saw that the moon is associated with water. Yeah. How is that? Well, I think there have just been so many permutations over the years that it's, you know, been kind of mixed together. Okay. So we are going to get things that will contradict your understanding of astrology, I'm quite sure. But for the most part, if, I th- feel like if we're sticking to the basics of it, we can get it fairly right, right? Yeah. I mean, the most basic thing is sun sign astrology, which is really just seeing where each planet was when you were born, the day you were born. That's the most simplistic Way to look at it. Right. And when you ask somebody, what's your sign? You, what's your sign? See? Pisces. Okay. I'm Cancer. Mm-hmm. All that's saying is that on the date of our births, the uh, Pisces constellation, allegedly, yeah. was behind the sun as it rose. Right. And when I was born, the Cancer uh, constellation was behind the sun when it rose. And the I like to think the sun shine a little brighter when we were born, but probably I can't prove that. <laughs> no, but you can just make a pretty good assumption. <laughs> so um, the way that you do this is you basically take the sun and the Earth and its orbit around the sun, which equals a year, mm-hmm. and you draw a line, an arrow even from the Earth, and make, put it flat, lay it flat. Mm-hmm. I forgot to say that. Right. Uh, and you make it, you draw an arrow from the earth through the sun and then out the other side of the sun. Mm-hmm. And wherever that arrow's pointing, which is actually what the opposite side of the sun, opposite to earth, whatever constellation that is, that's your sun. Right. 
Pretty simple stuff, right? So you can think of the, if, if you thought of a circle around each, uh, if you looked at it as a circle, each sign would be its own little zone. Zone, exactly. A pizza slice, a pie slice, whatever. Yeah. If you have a sweet tooth or a salty tooth, you're going to go with either one of those. Right. What about cake? I guess a cake too. Are you cake or pie? Both. Mm. What's your favorite cake? I like a good coconut cream cake or oh. a coconut frosting cake. Uh-huh. Uh I like um What's your favorite pie? Uh mm, probably coconut cream pie? No, actually. That sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> um I would say a key a good key lime pie, but Ooh, yeah. does cheesecake constitute pie? Oh, uh, I think you've just opened up a hornet's nest. Well, I, I love cheesecake. Basically, I don't really discriminate. Right. I've learned, uh, I recently started trying cherry pie, and I was like, where have you been my whole life? Why did I ever discriminate against you? You know, it's just been sitting there in the pie safe. Right. Rotting. Yeah. Because no one eats cherry pie anymore. Yeah. And then I came along and ate all the rotten cherry pie and <laughs> loved it. All what, right. What about you, cake pie? Oh, I love the good key lime pies, like you were saying, sure. but um, I don't eat a lot of either. Uh, you know, I don't just keep like cake and pie around the house. <laughs> it's probably a good move. And I don't really eat dessert in the restaurants <laughs> either. Um, so just neither. Probably more cake just because cakes are the occasion sure. dessert. Yeah. Like people bring in cake for uh, birthdays or whatever. Yeah. Any, any, like Publix cake is awesome. It's their standard cake with buttercream icing. Yeah. Yeah. Never had it. Oh, Chuck. I'll bring you a slice. I like a good pecan pie, but I eat. Oh, the, yeah, those are good too. I eat the pecan now, but I used to not like the nuts. Mm-hmm. I would just slice that off because I like the the jelly. You'd get rid of the candy pecans. Yeah, but I don't now because now I'm grown up. Oh, okay, <laughs> just eat the jelly. Man, pecan pie, mm-hmm. pumpkin pie. Sure. All right, I'm going all in on pie now that I think about it. Okay, pie. All right. Okay. Wait till you try the Publix cake though. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, uh, sorry. We were talking about how pizza pie slices, right? And yes. each one of those slices is one of the twelve constellations of the zodiac, right? Okay, so wherever, wherever the Earth, whatever constellation is opposite the Earth on the other side of the sun, that's your sun sign. And right. when you were born, that constellation has a bunch of different personality traits, and they are basically imbued onto you. Mm-hmm. You were born under that sign, which means you are going to have those personality traits. That's the point of what's called the sun sign. That's right. Um, in Western astrology, there you can subdivide it into three groups. Uh, mundane astrology, and this is basically what what is your aim uh, with these. Mundane astrology is examines world events and makes predictions about big things like uh, the economy and war. Uh, interrogatory, uh, astrology that seeks to make predictions, very specific ones, or analyses for, uh, for about like, events or your life, maybe. Like for you, the individual. Yeah. More like, say it's like when you, when somebody says they'll consult the stars to see what the best course of action is. That's what they're right. talking about. Uh, which seems like it overlaps with, uh, the last one. I think, think all three of them could def- like if you're doing like a serious, chart to figure out something. A deep dive? You you would probably do all three. Uh, so what would that be? Natal mm-hmm. astrology? Uh, and, like birth astrology. Yeah, and that's when you read your daily horoscope, uh, and that's based on the idea that everything that happens to someone 
is expressed by the very beginning, like that moment you were born. Right. But ironically, the moment you're born, not the moment you were conceived. Right. So really, that's when the astrology starts. Not the moment you were conceived, but the moment you were born. Right. But the idea, this law of beginning says that the moment you're born, the stars basically make everything in your life predestined mm-hmm. and therefore predictable if the person knows how to read the stars correctly. That's the basis of astrology. Yeah. And then what you would come up with these predictions, this chart, that is your horoscope. That's right. And then uh, there are different, um, the signs that can be subgrouped into four elements. You've heard of like, I'm a water sign. You're a water sign. Sure. We're both water signs. How about that? Yeah. Uh, so fire sign, that would be Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, uh, enthusiasm, action, leadership, open to change, uh, water signs besides... Cancer and Pisces, you've got Scorpio, um, emotion, sensitivity, and compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earth signs, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, uh, practicality, and a focus on material goals. And then air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius uh, into, uh, signifies intellect. Right. And those are the big groupings, the elemental groupings. Right. So here we've kind of come up with another layer, right? Yeah. Like since each each sign on its own has its own qualities. Like for example, um the Cancer is uh very uh domestic, imaginative, thorough, shy, interested in the past and tradition. That's me all over. Is it really all those things? Yeah, basically. Um but the then you lay over the uh water sign, right? That it's a water sign. Mm-hmm. So that adds to the emotion or the sensitivity or the compassion of it. The, the, where it really starts to get interesting is the idea that there's a relationship between the element and the sign. And those are with the, um, cardinal, fixed, or mutable. Um, right. Whether or not you're resistant to change, you're able to change, or, uh, what's cardinal? Just general movement? Cardinal is that it moves, right? So, so these three things, it's like a whole other layer. And, and basically, um, so they have to do with the solstices and the equinoxes. Yeah. We should say there's a couple of kinds of Western astrology. One is sidereal, which follows the movement of the stars. So your birth sign is sidereal astrology. Yeah. There's another one called tropical that really just has nothing to do with the stars. It's the idea that around the, uh, in the cosmos, mm-hmm. the, the zodiac is fixed. And it really has nothing to do with the stars. It has to do with the sun's relative position to the horizon. So it has to do with things like solstices and equinoxes. Yeah. So when you go into the tropical um, type of astrology, that's when the cardinal fixed immutable comes up. So a cardinal sign, right? Mm -hmm. Each element has a cardinal sign. So there's four cardinal signs. And for example, cancer is the cardinal water sign. Right? Right. Each element also has four fixed signs. So Leo is the uh, fixed fire sign. That has to do with like persistence, perseverance, resistance to change. And then lastly, mutable means you're flexible, adaptable, suggestible. And Gemini is a mutable air sign. There's four different mutable air signs, right? So you put them all together. Mm-hmm. And what you have is inter- interaction between the elements and the signs themselves. Yeah. So that you have... Sometimes contradictory stuff. Yeah. You have, um, things that enhance other things, mm-hmm. but it's yet another layer. So now you have three layers deep of interpretations of yeah. just the sign. And it's up to an astrologer to, um, extra- extract 
whatever, however they want to read it, basically. Like, right. Ed makes the point, you can ask a hundred different astrologers to look at your, your chart and right. they might give you a hundred different readings. Yeah, because it's ultimately the astrologer's interpretation of the information that's presented by these, right. the signs and whether they're cardinal or fixed or mutable or what element they are. Right. Well, they can also be masculine or feminine, mm-hmm. uh, which Ed points out is not really, can't think of it in terms of gender. It's more like the concept of yin and yang. Right. Which makes a little more sense. Yeah. But when I look at mine, Pisces, February 20 to March 20, um, mutable water feminine. Okay. So that's where I am. Emotional. Sure. Self-sacrificing. Sometimes adaptable. Sometimes <laughs> empathetic. Almost always religious. Not anymore. Versatile. Eh. Sure. Ta- talkative. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you get paid for it. Yeah. Well, sometimes I'm really quiet though. Don't want to talk. Okay. You know? Well, that goes against all astrology. Uh, often takes on the behaviors of others. I don't know about that. Uh, creative, I hope. Impractical? No, I'm pretty practical. So like, but more I'm like half and half, maybe. Would you say half? I th- I feel like you did, or maybe more, maybe you, seventy thirty. Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, but even still, I mean, that doesn't prove anything. No, of course not. But it did just get you to think about yourself. Exactly. Right. That's the whole point, right? From what I understand, that's how Ed tells it. <laughs> so you've got all these different layers to just your, just the sign that you were born under, right? Yes. But there's even, there's even deeper layers to the whole thing, right? That has to do with the movement of the constellations or the movement of the sun. Um, and it also has to do with more than just the sign you were born under. Like when you sit down and you do an astrological chart, you um you're you're basically looking at the position of everything that's taken into into account in the cosmos mm-hmm. rather than just where the constellation what constellation was behind the sun when you were born. Right. We'll we're gonna dive even deeper into this stuff after this message break. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. 
In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Chuck, we were talking about how we've got like the fixed layers, right? Mm-hmm. And then depending on when you were born, where you were born, there's a lot of stuff to take into account. And when, when meaning like literally the minute. Yes. And second even. Yeah, because um, one of the zodiacs, uh, well, the houses, when you add this other layer, the houses of the zodiac, yeah, which are the same thing as the zodiac signs, but they're different. In this case, they represent the 24-hour movement of the earth on its axis. Right. Um, so now you have the added layer of time. Yeah. To the, to the moment that you were born, um, to, to create a genuine, like, astrology chart. So, <clears throat> not only are you taking into account time and your sun sign, but you also want to look around, if you're a good astrologer, and say, okay, where was the moon? What house was the, was Venus in? And you start to, you start to basically go through and find the position of every planet, including the sun and the moon. Yeah. Um, and, and the all sun of and these, the moon are considered planets. Right. As far as case. astrology goes, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you put all this stuff together, you, there's a huge, extremely complex interplay between all these different um, components that are all supposed to point to the person that you were born as. Right. That's <laughs> This is where I, I think I should t- say my beef now. Okay. I think it's a good time for that. Okay. My beef is that I couldn't find anywhere... And this is me looking for science where there is none. Right. Is why? Like the position of the stars and they all affect who you are and, uh, and, and what you're going to be like. All right. Well, explain that to me. How does it do that? Oh, yeah. No, like, that's what, what forces, what scientific forces are behind this? Zero. That cause this? None. Like I get what you're saying, people. The stars are aligned and these things are all in a certain place and you're going to be a certain way. All right. Well, how does it do that? It doesn't. That's where, that's my beef. So, I mean, that's a legitimate beef. Um, there's no how. No, there's not. Yeah. There's none. Uh, I guess I'm not hung up on that fact. I think I just kind yeah. of accept it. And it's almost like coming upon, uh, and the belief system of another culture. Yeah. It's so hard. You and can't knowing that, around it. like, I don't subscribe to it, mm-hmm. but I'm interested in like what, what they believe. Right. And how it applies to their life. But that doesn't mean that I believe in it. I'm right. just, I'm just kind of interested in it in an academic sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're, we're curious people. Right. So I get that. Right. Uh, so just don't things. get hung up on the fact that it doesn't actually work <laughs> and you'll, you'll be interested in it. I promise. No, I do think it's interesting. And I used to read my horoscope here and there just uh-huh. for fun, just the same way I look at a fortune cookie. Right. Um, it's just a parlor trick that to me though. It's not, but, but anything the I thing take is, seriously. I think an astrologer, even if they, even if they said, fine, you don't believe in it, that's fine. But this is more than a parlor trick. Like they're really sitting down and applying this. And it takes a tremendous amount of time, calculation. Yeah. Um, a certain measure of, of science. You have to understand astronomy at least because you yeah. have to go figure out when someone was born, where, what was where, right? Yeah, sure. And so when you're sitting down and doing your chart, you were born a Pisces, right? 
Yes. So the Pisces constellation was behind the sun, but where was Saturn? And why would Saturn matter? Well, Saturn is a melancholy planet, right? It sure is. So if Saturn is in a house associated with happiness, um, you might have a, a thread of bittersweetness that runs through your whole life. That might be one interpretation of it. Or you might be happy sometimes and sad sometimes. Uh, maybe. Which is every person... Ever? Sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. And again, I'm not explaining how this works. I'm yeah, just yeah. saying like this is what an astrologer would, would sit down and think. Or um, Mars is warlike. Well, if Mars was in, um, uh, I don't know, a house associated with aggressiveness, mm-hmm. you might get into fights your whole life, according yeah. to this astrology chart. So that's just each planet, right? Right. Let's say that you have... Mars in a an aggressive house, mm-hmm. and you have Saturn in a happy house. Mm-hmm. How do those interact with each other? How does that getting in fights all the time uh, interact with the bittersweetness that runs through your life? And that's open to interpretation as well. And that's where the astrologer. I think I was saying astrologist earlier. Is that even a word? I think so. Okay. It doesn't seem. It seems like I've heard that before. Well, at any rate, that's where they come into play. Yes. With their varying interpretations. But not just the interpretations. They're actually going to sit down and figure out what was where. Mm-hmm. What that means according to the astrological tradition. Right. And then the third step is for them to, um, interpret it for you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, there is a, 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 a tremendous amount of work to it from what I can tell for a genuine, astrological chart. Your friend's mom hooked you up when you were a kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, she didn't dash it off in five minutes, I'll right. tell you that. Yeah. There was math involved. <laughs> <laughs> and angles and stuff. So, m- the main thing you're getting if you're looking at like a newspaper or if you have, if you're signed up for some sort of internet daily horoscope is it's usually some sort of personality profile, advice on your life, uh, maybe some sort of, um, Map to, for finances, you might want to think about, you know, investing soon. You, That's yeah. where people probably get in trouble. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty much personal advice stuff. Not so much long-term future right. type of thing. Not like predicting your future necessarily. Uh, well, they do to the extent of like, you'll have a so-so day today. Yeah, yeah. Today will be rather unremarkable. Yeah, or like, a lot of times it can be, I think it's, it's like, you know, today might be a good day to reach out to an old friend. Mm-hmm. And if you follow that advice, then that's great because your old friend probably would want to hear from you. And then you have lunch with that friend and it goes great. And you might say, well, see there, my my horoscope said to reach out to an old friend right. and it went awesome. Or if it went really horribly, you'd be like, why are you punishing me, stars? Yeah. Or what if you get killed on the way to the lunch? Like, sure. You don't hear those stories. No, but that's the great thing about astrology. It removes personal responsibility from your decisions. <laughs> that's funny. And I should say also, I want to, I want to like, there are even more layers to the whole thing than what I, what I said. I, oh, I, sure. I hope we kind of got the point across that there's layer upon layer upon layer and they all interact with one another. But I mean, like a, in a good astrologer will take into account like whether a planet was in retrograde. And what that means when yeah. you were born, you know, um, or if it's in retrograde right now, um, there's just so much to it. I think that's what fascinates me. Well, Ed makes a good point. Uh, if this is a true science, then it should have, it should pass the muster of the, of repeatable testing. 
Right. Uh, which of course it doesn't. No. Um, no, it really, really doesn't. But some other people might say, you know what? This is, it's beyond science. This is, you shouldn't try and quantify it in terms of science. This is something that you can't, you can't even understand it, right. bro. Your puny <laughs> science cannot explain this. Yeah, human. it exists outside that realm to something that we don't know and right. understand. And hey, I'm a science guy, but I'm not foolish enough to think there isn't anything out there that I maybe don't know about or we can't prove. I think it's very healthy. You know? I My hat is off to you. You're a 40 and you don't even know it. <laughs> Seriously, that's like, to me, that's the... The pinnacle of what a thinking person can aspire to. Well, I think that's when you stop looking, when you think that we, you know, we've got it all figured out. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, Especially when you aggressively attack other people who say otherwise. <laughs> well, yeah. That's, if this conversation is floating your boat, go listen to the Enlightenment episode. That was good. Oh, that was a good one. Had a lot to do with that. Uh, they have done studies, though, on the viability of astrology as far as you know, are, are you could do divorce rates? Um, are they compatible, or, or do they comply with, um, or correlate with the compatibility of two people astrologically right. speaking? Yeah, they don't. Yes, yeah, so, you know, there's supposedly interaction amongst the signs where, like, you know, uh, Virgos don't get along with um, Capricorns or something like that. Yeah, and that doesn't hold up through scientific right. study. No. And if you cherry pick examples in your life, of course, you might think it does. Well, yeah, that's why a lot of people are like, astrology's right. It's uh, a selection bias is what you're encountering. You're ignoring the stuff that disproves it or that suggests that it's not true and instead just focusing on the amazing facts where it lines up. Right. Right. That's yeah. a selection bias, correct? I think so. I-, I need to know more about all the different biases. It's interesting. We should say another thing that kind of suggests that astrology is not accurate, the Zodiac signs are no longer where they're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. If you're going by your birth date, for example, I was born July 15th, so I would be a Cancer. If you actually follow the constellations, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a Gemini. Oh, really? Never knew that. So Geminis are um, concerned with information. Highly yeah. literate, curious, sure, adaptable, yeah. absent-minded, yeah. love to travel. Whoa! I am a Gemini. <laughs> wow. So the reason why is because when astrology was first created, the um, the Earth, the constellations were lined up with where they were originally. Right. As the Earth rotates on its axis, it wobbles. Yeah, perception. And over the last couple of thousand years, it's wobbled so that those constellations are no longer where they were when yeah. they set them 3,000 years ago. Right. So today we have totally different... Um, totally different signs. Oh, what would mine be? Can, can we figure that out? So you were born on the Ides of March. You're still a Pisces, man. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I love it. I am, uh, now, I am now a Gemini because it got moved. So let's, let's go through because I think a lot of people don't know this. And NASA blogged about it a couple of years ago and really caused a stir. Um, is Jerry still a cat ox? Jerry, Jerry's (laughs) birthday's April something, right? Jerry's birthday is, what's your birthday? Your birthday's Valentine's Day? I didn't know that. Jerry just said her birthday is February 14th because we have to edit out any Jerry talk, right? Jerry, what are you supposed to be normally? You are a Capricorn. You are uh, January 20th to February 16th. 
as far as NASA is concerned, you're a Capricorn. So it starts, and we should say, well, I don't think we said this, but the Zodiac officially in the West starts with Aries and moves on. Yes. Um, so starting with Capricorn, because NASA's like, no, we're going to start with the beginning of the year. <laughs> Capricorn, January 20th to February 16th. Aquarius is now February 16th to March 11th, and you'll notice these Ooh. aren't necessarily 30-day yeah, periods. Yeah, so close. Yeah, you were. Uh, Pisces, March 11th to April 18th. Aries, April 18th okay. to May 13th. Mm-hmm. Taurus, May 13th to June 21st. That's a long one. Uh, Gemini, June 21st to July 20th. That's mm-hmm. me now. Cancer, July 20th to August 10th. Oh, I used to be a Cancer. Leo, August 10th to September 16th. Virgo, September 16th to October 30th. Libra, October 30th to November 23rd. Scorpio, November 23rd to 29th. That's six days. You got six days to be a Scorpio. Wow. It's kind of neat. Uh, Ophiuchus. Yeah, the long forgotten. November 29th to December 17th. Wow. Isn't that crazy? There's people out there who don't even know that they're that sign. Yeah, or how to pronounce it. Right. No one does. No one alive knows how to pronounce that. <laughs> Uh, and then Sagittarius, December 17th to January 20th. Wow. I don't even know anything anymore. No, no one does, Chuck. I think this is fascinating stuff, though. I've been thinking a lot lately about, uh, what does shape your personality and what you become in life as far as nature and nurture. And some people might throw this in there. Uh, I think we should totally do a podcast on birth order. Um, oh yeah, that's a good one. Super fascinating to me. Or whether, um, whether hearing your name or the vibrations caused by saying your own name throughout your life has an effect on your personality. What? You heard that one? No. Yeah. Supposedly the, the vibrations or the frequency made from hearing and saying your own name Chuck. throughout your life makes your, makes your personality a certain way. Weird. Yeah. I All mean, right. it's probably not true, but it's interesting. Well, we teased Ronald Reagan earlier. Well, we didn't tease Ronald Reagan. We did. <laughs> but we can't talk about astrology without talking a little bit about the Reagan administration because, uh, in 1988, uh, Ron and Nancy were, uh, outed, sort of exposed. Yeah. As, as having a astrologer on the payroll to the tune of about how much? Three, three grand? Three grand. Per what? Reading? A month. Three grand a month. Yeah. That's not bad. No, this lady was working hard. Joan uh, Quigley Down Under. That's her nickname. <laughs> Medicine woman. And uh, it was revealed that she uh, wrote up star charts uh, and basically detailed, even down to the minute, supposedly, depending on who you listen to, what Reagan's schedule should look like. Right. So this lady was definitely doing mundane, interrogatory, and natal astrology combined to create a chart. Yes. For sure. And uh, Chief of Staff Don Regan wrote in his memoir, um, I mean, he I mean, th- this is a, it's not a matter of debate or anything. No, this is for real. For real. But Don Regan wrote in his memoirs and he talked about, um, you know, capturing the public's attention like that was a big deal uh, because it, it looked like what was going on was going on, which was that his schedule was kind of being determined by an astrologist, right. astrologer. Like, uh, you can't talk to Gorby today. This is a bad day to propose the SALT treaty. Wait until, you know, November 18th. That's when you talk to Gorby. And then Don Regan would be told by Nancy, 
uh, he he should be talking to Gorby on yeah, November. Yeah, because she would 18th. meet with Nancy. Right. Only met Ron once, supposedly. Uh-huh. Um, and and Nancy downplayed it a lot. Of course, they all tried to distance. She's themselves. like, Charlie's so stupid, <laughs> but do it. Well, they said it was more of a hobby, and and she def definitely had no impact on decisions. It was really just about scheduling. Okay. Is what they said. Scheduling decisions. <laughs> but uh, she wrote a book, actually, uh, Miss Quigley, in 1990. It was called, this is the most on-the-nose book title of all time. It was called, What Does Joan Say, Colin? My Seven Years as White House Astrologer to Nancy and Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> By me, Joan. <laughs> Do you get it? Um, and she said, uh, quote, I was responsible for timing all press conferences, most speeches, the State of the Union addresses, the takeoffs and landings of Air Force One. I picked the time of Ronald Reagan's debate with uh, Jimmy Carter and the two debates with Mondale, all extended trips abroad, as well as shorter trips and one-day excursions, end quote. Man. Um, so, yes, the leader of the free world, arguably the most powerful American president in recent memory, uh, had his schedule determined by an astrologer. So weird. I got a couple more things. All right, what you got? So um, apparently Americans around the time of Reagan had hit like basically a low in believing in astrology. Yeah. They, were, they did a poll after that, that news came out, and they found that American belief overall in astrology um, was at 12%, which was down from – this is in 88 – which is down from 29% the 10 years before in 1970. Yeah, which makes total sense, like coming off of the the hippie age and the goofy 70s. Right, like what's your sign? Into the very, like, kind of cynical late 80s. Sure. Uh, it, it aligns perfectly. Right. Like the stars. Somebody forgot to send Nancy and Ron that memo. So in 2004, another poll found that it had gone back up to 29%. Yeah, I no idea that. why. And then another poll I saw that asked something different rather than do you believe in astrology it asked um would you say that astrology is quote not at all scientific. In 2004, 66% of Americans said that. In 2000 that it was not scientific. Not scientific. Okay. So basically they don't believe in astrology, right. 66%. And then in 2012, um 55% said that. Huh. So apparently, belief in astrology is still on the increase. Interesting. Uh, even more interesting, in China, 92% of the public says they don't believe in astrology, oh, wow. compared to about 45% here. Hmm. And then lastly, I have one more story. You ready? Yeah. And there's actually a blog post you can go read called The Genius Mural at St. John's. Okay? By you? Yeah. It's from years back. But I just came across this story. It's amazing. There's this place called St. John's Anglican Church. It's in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. Okay. And um, it was built in 1754, and it was built with uh, a mural on the ceiling of the night sky with gilded stars. Lovely. And they were remodeling the church, and they wanted to redo the mural, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Recreate it exactly as it had been. But they realized they didn't have any dead-on photographs of it, so they had to kind of like figure out what to do. Right. So they hired an astronomer and he started poking around into it and he realized that the mural which had been constructed in 1754 was the exact scene of the night sky over Lunenburg on December 24th 1 CE which oh, is wow. in the Christian tradition is the night Christ was born. Somebody in 1754 mm-hmm. accurately calculated what the sky had looked like 
1,754 years before wow. on December 24th and turned it into a mural. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. I love that story. Pretty cool. Yeah. So that's astrology. And what's the name of that story? The uh, Genius, Genius mur- Mural at St. John's. Nice. Thanks, man. Uh, you got anything else? Nope. I could talk about this all day. You sure? I think we did right by it. <laughs> if you want to know more about astrology, go uh, read Joan Quigley's book. And uh, since I said Joan Quigley, it's time for listener mail. Uh, I'm going to call this Star Wars action figure neared. Uh, hey, guys. Love the show. Like to, I can say like all the other fans, it's definitely my favorite thing to listen to. I'm a transplant to Texas from Tennessee. And I always get excited when I can make that long drive back home and binge on your interesting material. Uh, just listened to action figures uh, and was thrilled to hear you talk about Star Wars action figures. I'm one of those Star Wars guys you mentioned that read way too much of the fan fiction and knew way too many characters, uh, too many of the character names. I wanted to share a fact I thought was interesting about the Kenner toys and two of the bounty hunter characters seen in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Kenner, when originally packaging the characters, mislabeled for Loam, I'm probably not even pronouncing that right, uh, for the number four dash L-O-M, originally the droid, and Zuckus, Z-U-C-K-U-S-S, originally the bug-looking guy, and switched their names. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet somebody got fired for that one. Can you believe it? Uh, the names stuck until 1989, and you can see on newer packaging of the Hasbro toys that their names have been switched back. I always thought it was interesting, uh, an interesting mishap. Thanks for all you guys do, and uh, I've learned so much, and it's love referencing your show every chance I get. Sincerely, Harrison Ford. Adam West. No! P.S. Sadly, I'm not him. Oh. <laughs> wow. How great would that be? Man, that, that nice email, Adam. It was full of drama, suspense, facts. Yeah. And I could do my Conan Funny O'Brien voices. nerd voice. Nice, man. Which I completely stole from him. Sure. Just want to make that clear. Yeah. Not claiming it as your own, right? Nope. It's an homage to Conan. Yep. Uh, well, Adam, thank you. That was a great one. If you want to get in touch with us like Adam did, you can join us on uh, Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can hang out with Chuck, too, at Charles W. Chuck Bryant at Facebook. You can hang out with me on Twitter, Josh underscore um underscore Clark. Uh, and you can also hang out with us at SYSK Podcast. Send us an email to uh, stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month.
In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico and that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com.